Hi there. We welcome you to the Rush Hour podcast with Corky and B-Rush, the show. Well, we've changed things. We've compressed three hours of content into two hours, Monday through Friday, from 7 to 9 a.m. However, we're not skimping on the conversations. No, the very thing that made this podcast so popular is the thing that we're continuing. So, for the next 15 minutes or so, enjoy the latest podcast on the Rush Hour Morning Show with Corky and B-Rush. Back here on the Rush Hour Morning Show, Corky and B-Rush here this Wednesday morning, also with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. And I got something to cover, so let's go ahead and bring up our guest, Coach Dave Lubowitz. Good morning. Welcome back to the Rush Hour Morning Show. Hey, good morning to you guys. Thanks for having me again. Oh, you got it, Coach. Thank you for taking the time. Coach, um, Corky wants to start with a story related to airports. So I'm going to go ahead and let him start because <laughs> I want to talk, when we, after airports, I want to talk about red tornadoes. So we'll get to that in just a moment. So Corky, <laughs> okay, good. Go for it. <laughs> I think right. I might know more about red tornadoes. Well, you, I, you know, I should ask who this guy was, Coach. I, I didn't realize. So I, I got my pilot's license last uh, November, right? So I actually, okay. I, I drive from Gaston County to the Lincoln County Airport, right? I was up there yesterday. Sure. I was up there yesterday, and I said, uh, how's things going? He said, oh, the football team's doing great, <laughs> right? So that, <laughs> this is a guy that works at the airport. I he, said, he, go ahead. Yeah, he taught here last year. I know exactly who you're That's talking exactly about. That's exactly who. I with him. Yeah, what's Absolute his, guy, what's, wonderful. What's his name? I forget his name. Do you? Oh gosh, you're gonna put me on the spot, and I can't think of it right well, now. Well, you put me on the spot. Uh, but so listen, he was—he uh, he, <laughs> was. Um, so he—he he was in the military for like 30 years. Retired guy. Uh, did the ROTC program, I think, in like Cabarrus County for a long time. Came to us for a year and a half, I think. Uh, and his love has always been flying. So he finally got an opportunity to run that airport over there, and he went there. But I mean, like biggest supporter. Uh, I've ever met. Day one, he instantly bought into all East Lincoln stuff, uh, bought himself some green shoes, talked to me every day about, you know, basketball, football. Absolutely great guy. I just, his name right now, I've, I've lost it. But I, uh, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Great, dude. Okay. So uh, time out on the field. Okay. So to basically, <laughs> is is the nomenclature in, Cle in Lincoln County now pretty much the three, the other three schools don't really come up in conversations. When a conversation comes up uh -oh. about a high school, uh -oh. is it just East Lincoln? That's what I'm trying to clarify here from both Dave Lubowitz and Corky Franks. Here, is that what's going on? <laughs> hey, when you win state titles, that that's the way it is. Yeah, I was going to say that would seem to be what's happening, but I would hate to say that out loud. Okay. Uh, I just think that we've got a lot of we've got a lot of supporters, and they do a lot of things. And uh, I mean, you guys have seen enough of our program to know that the, our fans love our, you know, love our team. So they're going to talk about us all the time. Is it David Herring? Is that his name? From the airport, Herring. Oh man. Anyway, just forget. We'll move on. Yeah. Okay. Gosh. That's all right, Coach. Uh, we're we're going to move right on to Red Tornadoes. Coach, you're undefeated on the season, 3-0. and The Hickory Red Tornadoes, 3-0 and on the season. Let me, let me give you – I know you know this. So I'm going to give the listeners an opportunity to understand the test that is in front of the East Lincoln Mustangs. This is a Hickory club that defeated High Brighton 35-14. The locals here understand what that means. South Point just played High Brighton, and it was a 20-7 to contest. They also 
Hickory, beat Newton Conover 56 to 36. And then, for those that follow Kings Mountain football, Hickory beat Cox Mill 35 to 15. Of course, Kings Mountain beat Cox Mill 37 to 13. Coach, this Hickory Club seems like it could be a stiff test to open up conference play for you. Yeah, no, this is going to be uh, this is going to be our test. I mean, you always want to go one and zero, but I talked to Joe. Glass, I talked talk to Coach Glass um, on Saturday and on Sunday for a little bit, uh, and uh, he, I think he knows it. And you know, we're obviously uh, understanding that they're a very, very, very good football team. You know, we talked about Lincoln in two weeks ago, and you know, I thought they were a good team on film, and I think they've got the pieces. They just haven't put their pieces together yet. I think Hickory has got those pieces together. Now, it, it is going to be a stiff test. I've been telling the kids for two weeks because, you know, we were thankful to have a, a week off last week, but we went and watched them against Cox Mill, and I, I don't know where their weakness is, so this is going to be a good one. Okay, that's a very interesting statement. Go ahead, Corky. Coach, you talked about being off last week. We had Coach Hodge from South Point on the show yesterday, and I told him, you know, we're in week five, but it feels like if, it feels like we've been watching these non-conference games, and we talk about them here on the show, and you know, try to help you guys sell some tickets and create a buzz for the, your programs and things like that. But it feels like it's just now starting to be football season. You know, you play non-conference games; they really don't matter. You're trying to figure out how your program's doing, but it's, it feels like this Friday night it really is football season. I know that may sound crazy, but conference starts this week, and that's what it's all about, anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't sound crazy at all. On the top of our scouting sheet, I wrote, now the real season begins. Uh, so that was the first sentence I wrote because, I mean, that, that's what it is. I mean, those those non-conference games will help you with, you know, your strengths of schedule uh, and, you know, maybe eventually down the line for playoff stuff. Uh, but, I mean, this is if you don't do well in conference, you don't have a season. So this is the legitimate stuff. This is what matters. And that's, what, again, another thing that makes uh, this Hickory game such a big deal for us and for Hickory uh, the kids are going to feel a little bit of pressure because I think we're number one and number two in the conference, uh, and the play on that first week, you know, is a pretty big deal. Coach Dave Lubowitz here with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach, well, let's be honest. Okay, maybe the maybe the season begins this week, and and I and I understand where coaches go with in this relation, but let's be honest. It's really hard to kind of mentally file away a kickoff that starts with it being 96 degrees outside. I mean, look, we don't live in the swamps of Louisiana. <laughs> this is this is North Carolina. To have an evening in Hickory, North Carolina, where the temperatures at kickoff could be somewhere like in the, oh, I don't know, maybe upper 60s, that's beginning to feel like football weather. That's going to be a great atmosphere to be on the road opening week after a bye against a really good Hickory Red Tornado club. Yeah, yeah, I think, well, one, you know, the bye, I think, helps us uh, heal up some bumps and bruises, and we're pretty healthy right now. I think, two, the weather, you know, getting that week off, as you get into September, it's going to cool off a little bit. Now, I think Friday is kind of an anomaly here. It's going to be gorgeous. Yes. Uh, I think 74 or something was the high for I the know. day. And so, yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, you get the, you start to get that smell in the air. Now, Hickory's got turf like we've got turf, so you won't smell the grass being cut. But, uh, you know, you just that it's going to feel like fall football weather. So I think that'll be exciting. Uh, you know, you're playing a good opponent. That'll be exciting. I think every the whole recipe for this to be a great Friday night uh, is all there. We, our kids just need to, you know, put it together and get a W. Coach, let me, let me ask you about bye weeks because I've asked coaches both on air and off air about what a bye week looks like for them. And they have – 
they, they, they drive at the same point for the most part, but they articulate their thoughts in very different ways. I'd really like to just kind of leave an open-ended question. What is you and your coaching staff's view on the bye week? What do you do during a bye week in preparation for a conference opponent to start the conference schedule? Well, I mean, I think that uh, every year it's going to change, but this year in particular, um, we're still making a lot of mistakes uh, as far as mental mistakes, not necessarily physical mistakes, but mental mistakes. Uh, so we spent a lot of time last week watching ourselves play. Uh, we spent uh, all, we took Monday off. We, uh, Tuesday, we spent uh, the whole time inside watching film, JV and varsity, uh, just trying to get better at that, you know, at, at our stuff. Uh, and then, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, we tried to make it as uh, game-like as we possibly could. We did some situation stuff. Uh, but at the same time, we tried to not bang each other too much because we, didn't want, we don't want to, you know, you don't want to get worse off during an off week than you do uh, during a game week. So, you know, you want to rest, but you also want to improve on the things that you're bad at. And this year right now, our team is bad at, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot, the, the penalties, uh, the, you know, we can't control our mouths on the field. We're hitting the quarterback late, uh, just stupid stuff. So we tried to work on the mental stuff of it uh, a lot more this year than I think we have in the past. Coach, how do you pull that off? We're talking about 15, 16, 17, you know, year old kids, and they're excited. They're fired up, ready to play, and they make a big play. And you hear a guy like Deion Sanders talk last week. He said, hey, if we're up by 20, my guys want to celebrate and get a flag. I don't care. So, you know, you see these high school kids, you know, seeing this go down in college, and they want to emulate it and do the same thing. How, how do you get these guys to back, up, to back off a little bit, compose themselves, but still be aggressive and still be competitive? It's hard. It's a balancing act. Just like you said, you want you want them to balance the idea of, you know, having fun and being aggressive. But at the same time, you want them to be smart. So we just talked to them about, you know, are your actions going to hurt your teammates? Uh, are you being selfish? We talk about, you know, everybody talks about the uh, we ball versus me ball. So we try and, you know, emphasize that. And then we pick out parts of the game when we're watching film where it's like, uh, you know, we have a chance to. Uh, get him to punt here, and then we hit the quarterback out of bounds. Well, now it's first and ten. What happens? What do you guys think is going to happen? And they all would say, like, you know, oh, they're going to score here, coach. We just gave them points. You know, so it's hard. But it's a listen. I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, I know that sounded like an easy explanation. It's a it's a constant everyday struggle with kids nowadays, just to try and uh, teach them about the team being more important uh, than themselves. And I think that celebrating stuff is a lot about. It can be a lot about team, but I think it's mostly about me. Uh, you know, about, about those kids worried about themselves and what they look like. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm 100% okay if we make a big play and we turn around and we celebrate with our team. I'm 100% okay. With the, the stuff that's not okay that's kind of creeped into high school football is the taunting, is the, the flexing, is the, hey, look at me, look what I just did stuff. You know, I, I think that's the big difference. There's a different, there's a different way you can look at it. Coach, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. Dave Luvowitz here with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach, I feel like we've had you on enough that I can kind of dive into philosophy a little bit as it relates to being a high school football coach because I think that you're talking about something that has multiple layers to it. First of all, you know, the guys, certainly the guys my age talk about social media and all the ills of social media and so on and so forth, but yet you're a high school football coach and, and you guys are one of the school's that do social media quite well at the high school level and trying to promote your players in the program. 
What is that balancing act like? Where is that fine line between we're going to utilize social media to do the best we can to promote the East Lincoln Mustangs without flying into the minutia of we're going to get every video clip, we're going to get caught up in the same game that so much is happening at the college and pro level that could actually be a deterrent for success for your guys on the field. Yeah, it's and again. I'm not gonna pretend like it's easy. It's that's probably the hardest part of my job is to try and just uh, be a psychologist for these kids and help them understand, uh, you know, what's good social media and what's bad social media. I watched a clip the other day from a kid, not from our team, uh, from another team, and you would have swore their team won. And I looked it up at the end and they lost. But I mean, but the video clips he had posted and the stuff he had said made it seem like their team just blew, blew somebody out. And they ended up losing by, like, I think eight points or ten points or something like that. It's just hard for the kids to understand that, you know, because a lot of them have these goals of playing in college. And in order to play in college, you've got to get yourself out there. And we all understand that. But it's also a college coach, when he comes and he sits down, he want, they're trying to build the same thing we are, just at a faster, better level. They want kids who buy into the program. You know, and you, you've talked a little bit there about Deion Sanders. Uh, and, you know, he, he does a really good job of being on that line, promoting his kids, but also those kids buy in. You know, he talked about on Saturday how he said this week's it, it's personal. And those kids all took it like it was personal. They were going to go into that game as a team making it personal. But then he, then he lets them have fun. And it's hard. Last year's group was pretty good at it. This year's group, we are struggling with it. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's really difficult. I mean, I, I know I can't say it enough, but it's it's the hardest part of my job. Coaches, is it something that when you got started in the game, could you have possibly ever conceived that this would be no. as difficult as it's become? No, no, I, I had no idea. Uh, I don't think that, you know, I don't think it was there yet. Uh, you know, now everybody has access to everything. And uh, I had a coach tell me the other day that he's got a, a, a cornerback on his team who has a personal videographer, comes to every game and just videos him. Uh, and he's got himself a sideline pass from the NCHSA, and that's all he does. He just takes clips of his one kid so he can put together his own little highlight. I mean, that's just, that's, un, that's un, I mean, what, 20 years ago when I started, that's unheard of. We would never, never would have heard of something like that. But, I mean, that guy, the guy I was talking to, he's got to walk that line. You know, he's a very good player. You don't want to, you don't want to sour that relationship because, uh, you know, the parents might just get up and move. So, I you know, I think the balance of power has shifted a little bit from, that all authoritarian coach to uh, the kids have a little bit of power now too because of the transfer stuff. So, and that makes it a little more difficult too. All right, we're going to shift to power right here, coach. Who in the world is Paul Paul Lane, and how can I bid on this East Lincoln cooler? I think you guys are going to be raffling it off. I saw it on uh, social media. That yeah, thing is, is that hot. not amazing? It's unreal. Have you seen this? So thing, he's Brian? done a hundred. Yeah, listen, he's done one hundred and fifty-seven of them. Uh, I talked to him yesterday. He's he's from Lincolnton. Uh, he's He's got kids that go to West Lincoln. He's done a North Lincoln, a West Lincoln, a Lincolnton. Now he's done an East Lincoln. He's done them for people all over the country. Uh, he's kind of like semi-famous right now. Uh, he just He's a retired guy from Duke Energy, uh, and he does this on his side time. He's obviously a grandpa because he's pawpaw. Uh, absolutely wonderful guy. Uh, we're going to be raffling that off. I guess West Lincoln's raffling one off. They've been doing one every year. Uh, but he sells them too, but, you know, he hands, hand makes everything. But, yeah, I mean, what a great guy. He just called us. Somebody from our community donated the money uh, for that piece, for that item. And then he called and said, what do you want on it? Somebody donated this, and then they wanted to be raffled off for to help us with the uh, – we're trying to get a new uh, um, 
press box. No, no, so what you, no, no, no. Listen, don't don't be humble with me. You're already getting fitted for rings again. Just raising money for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, <knew>. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's in the back of your mind that somewhere. Well, wow. Uh, you know, it's it's not. It's really not. Uh, I I I really believe in that. You've got to win. Uh, that week thing, you know, so no, this money's going to the press box. We need, I don't know if you guys have been in our press box, but it is tiny. Yeah. Uh, so we need, we need more space up there. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll certainly do our part in trying to help draw that narrative out for you, coach. Uh, yes, I've seen the, I've seen the box. The thing looks fantastic. Um, so certainly we wish you the best of luck as it relates to the game on Friday against Hickory. It's going to feel like football. There's no doubt about it up in Hickory on Friday night. We wish you the best moving forward coach. And we'll catch up here with you in a couple weeks. Perfect. Hey, thank you guys again, man. Oh, you got it folks. When we come back on the All other right, side bye-bye. of the timeout, we'll have our number two of the rush hour morning show. We're going to start it out with a little bit of an ambush as we continue on this Wednesday morning, as we'll be right back. We thank you for tuning in to this Rush Hour Morning Show podcast. Don't forget, folks, we jam three hours of content into two hours every single day, Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. On the Rush Hour Morning Show, WGNC AM 1450, 101.1 FM, streaming online at WGNCRadio.com. Until we're back with you again for the next Rush Hour Morning Show podcast, Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.